the psychology hour today, we'll address the question, does mental health counseling work with Dr. Robin Gobin, an assistant professor at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign and licensed clinical psychologist in Illinois. And I'll also mention that Dr. Gobin has focused in her training on the treatment of trauma and post-traumatic stress at the University of Oregon, medical colleges at Harvard and Boston universities, and most recently in the veteran affairs medical system. Robin, thanks for being here. Really appreciate your joining me. Oh, thank you so much, Dan. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invitation. We've got this big question today that we're going to tackle. <laughs> and admittedly, I feel a little badly in the amount of time that we have. But I, I want to just present that really transparently. And, and does mental health counseling work? And so I, I think, unfortunately, you know, like I said, we don't have a ton of time but I want to get at this as directly as we can. So if, you'd w- if you will, I'd like you to consider a scenario where a person struggling with their mental health, which could look like a, a, a variety of different things. It could look like having a low mood, feeling really chronically nervous or worried, and then that person is close to meeting with a mental health counselor. They're, they're thinking about it. They're just on the edge. What would you want that individual to, to know? And how, how would that person recognize if mental health counseling is for them. Yeah, so I mean, the first thing when you presented that scenario, what I would want the person to know is that seeking support from a mental health counselor does not translate into you being weak or less than in some way. Because I think a lot of times people, they hesitate to make that call to the mental health professional because they feel like I should be um, able to tackle this on my own or I shouldn't need outside support. So that's the first thing I would want them to know. And the second thing that I would want them to know is that really mental health counseling is all about helping you when you're feeling stuck in some way in your life, whether that's with the low mood or feeling very nervous or having relationship issues. Once you've kind of come to the end of your kind of coping abilities or your strategies for how to deal with the particular issue, that's when mental health counseling can kind of come in and you can get an un- biased perspective from from someone who's standing on the outside of your perspective. And the reason why that's so great is that this person doesn't have a vested interest in anything but you and your mental health. So they're not going to be biased towards other people maybe in your life that um, kind of seeing your issue from their perspective, but rather they're going to be totally in your court trying to help you function better. And that's all their job is, is to help you function better. And another reason why mental health counseling is so great is that the focus is solely on you. So it's a little bit different than um, maybe talking to a friend or a family member about a struggle, uh, because oftentimes in those transactions with a friend or a family member, it's reciprocal. And so you're sharing some of your issues and maybe they start to share some of their issues. But with a mental health counselor, it's really all about you. Um, And so you get the whole time to really address what's happening for you. And their total focus is on helping and supporting you and equipping you with skills, actually, that will help you to function better in your life. And 
one last thing I'll say is that the way that mental health treatment is going these days is that we're um, moving more towards a short-term model of care. And what that means is that we don't want people to feel like they have to be in therapy for the rest of their life because sometimes maybe that's what someone is struggling with to initiate therapy is like they don't want to become dependent on therapy. And so the great news about that is that we don't want you to be dependent on therapy either. As mental health providers, we want to give you a set of skills, help you move through things that you've experienced, help you to start to heal. And that way you feel a sense of agency. I mean, you feel empowered to then move on in your life without the the support of therapy once you get to that place where you feel like you have built up enough resources and support to be able to um, tackle the challenges that you've been facing on your own again. This is an opportunity then for folks to get a fresh take when they're feeling stuck. And I Mm -hmm. can just think of the myriad of situations that we go through in our lives, all of these transitions, all these relationships where it doesn't seem unlikely that, yeah, you might get stuck every now and again. And having that fresh Mm -hmm. take or that unbiased look, like you said, just that that there's a real asset to that for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But to, to segue into my next question, it kind of leads me into asking, you know, that fresh take, can I, can I reasonably expect that to be something that will be, be helpful to me? And it sounds like this is great for, for a lot of people, but for me, like, how can I know if that's something that's going to work for me? Yes. Well, I think um, the first thing to, to note is that um, usually when people have been um, struggling with something for a while, they've wrestled with it for quite some time. So um, I think it's safe to say that um, having an, some additional support will benefit you in some way, um, and it'll be better than not seeking treatment. In fact, um, a lot of um, studies that have been reported by the American Psychological Association have found that mental health counseling helps people make positive changes in their lives. Now, having said that, it's not a magic cure. It doesn't work for um, every, I, I wouldn't say it doesn't work for everyone. What I will say is every therapist is not the right fit for everyone. So sometimes it takes some time for you um, to find the right fit because you want to find someone who you feel comfortable speaking with, someone who you feel like understands you, um, and also someone who you feels like it, feel like is competent in your particular presenting concerns. So if you're struggling with um, post-traumatic stress disorder, you want to make sure that you have someone who has a proven track record of helping people um, navigate and heal from the trauma that they've experienced. So that's really important. And so having said that, then what that means is that um, you have to approach therapy with a bit of an open mind and be willing to, um, Uh, be flexible and also um, be willing to, if the first time doesn't work, um, be willing to seek it out again. So this is not like I tried that one time and that didn't work, but be willing to um, try with another therapist if you went to one and it just wasn't a a good fit. Um, Be willing to reach out again. And I know that um, puts you in a a vulnerable position and it can be hard um, and you will not regret it because once you find that great fit, that's really when um, you'll start to experience some benefits and some relief from whatever symptoms that you're experiencing. There are a number of factors there that the type of counseling process, what's, mm-hmm. what's the nature of my concern or the problem that I have? 
mm-hmm. like how you mentioned a relationship that you have with the therapist or your mental mm-hmm. health provider or your psychologist mm-hmm. and that buy-in that, that you have to the process. Like sometimes it, it might not feel like a great fit that first time that from what you're hearing and let me know if this is an accurate reflection that shouldn't necessarily, oh, this was tough that one time. I'm moving on to the next thing. You might need to try it more than one time exactly. to find it. Get all Ex- those things aligned. Exactly, yeah. And another thing that I'll say, too, um, is that it's work, right? Um, therapy is an investment in yourself. And I think a lot of times in our society, maybe particularly for women, sometimes we feel like we should take care of other people because of gender role expectations. And it's hard to really invest the money and the time in ourselves. Um, And what I'll say about that is that you deserve it, that in order to be um, great at whatever you do in life, whether that's parenting or um, being great on your job, you need to kind of be at a place where you're whole and you have balance in your own life. And so um, it will require that investment of time, um, in some cases, investment of of finances to really um, invest in yourself so that you can um, be the best version of yourself. Um, And so related to that, therapy takes work. Like it's not just about going to a therapist and um, talking with them for an hour, one time each week. Sometimes it'll require thinking about these things outside of session. Um, Sometimes your therapist might ask you to engage in certain activities um, outside of the therapy room and that all will be for your benefit. But in order for you to get the most out of it, you also will have to be willing, I think, to make some lifestyle modifications, whether that's um, being willing to just invest the time in going to therapy or investing that time outside of therapy to really build on the good work that you're doing with your therapist. Absolutely. Robin, we've all heard that mental health is stigmatized. What can you tell me about managing that very real feeling while not letting it stop you from getting help? Yeah, stigma is really huge barrier, um, particularly in um, ethnic minority communities where there's perceptions that maybe um, therapists won't um, have the same cultural background as you or they might not understand you. But then there's just also this um, piece about being strong in certain communities, um, particularly in the African-American community with African-American women, that there's the strong Black woman kind of syndrome where we feel like we have to bear the burdens of our own life and also everyone else in our um, social support circle. We have to bear their burdens and help them get through things and we can't show any sign of weakness. And so that can be a huge piece of stigma um, that, that comes up because your environment then expects for you to always be strong if that's all that they've ever seen, all that your family and friends have seen you be strong, then they might kind of be caught off guard if you say, I'm seeking a therapist. And and sometimes the barrier can be, well, I don't want people to look at me differently, or I don't want my employer to think that I can't perform on my job adequately because I'm now in therapy. Um, So it's real. Stigma is really real. And a lot of people, unfortunately, do have... um, stigmatized beliefs about therapy. But what I will say about that is really it's important for you, again, to think about what's best for you and know that you are not weak because you're seeking therapy. Actually, it takes a lot of strength to be willing and a lot of courage to be vulnerable enough to to talk with someone about things that you're um, struggling with and to um, try to make strides forward. So I would definitely say 
being willing to just be open about you're doing this for you as an investment in you and really viewing it that way, viewing it um, as not being weak, but actually being strong and something that's going to ultimately um, make you a better person. I think about medical checkups, like, right, you wouldn't go your entire life. Like if you have maybe an ache in your leg and you're not able to walk properly, like you wouldn't just try to keep walking on that leg without eventually seeking a physician for support. And so I think the same is when we start to notice those signs of, of that we're struggling or we're stuck in some way, that that's a sign that you might want to reach out and talk to a mental health provider. And looking at mental health is just as relevant and just as important as we look at our physical health. I like the way you, you put that. I'm thinking to myself, to connect the physical health piece and the stigma piece, I think there's a very real feeling that, you know, if I was going to go to a dentist and just say, Hey, you know, I, I've got a, I've got a dentist appointment. There's something about that type of a statement that feels different. I think for a lot of people than saying, Oh, I'm going to meet with my psychologist later this yeah. afternoon, especially if you're in a work setting or, or if you're with friends and family where that might be different or, mm -hmm. or really challenging from, mm -hmm. from their perspective. I want to go now and I have a bunch of other questions from what you've just shared. It's so fascinating, but I want to, I want to circle back to, I've been using this phrase mental health counselor. And earlier I said psychologist. And at one point I said therapist. So I've got a couple different phrases bouncing around the room and I'm going to just sort of take all of those words and reduce them down to mental health counselor. Mm -hmm. Could you break apart for me? Like what I'm meaning by that and who is a mental health counselor exactly? And, and what type of background should I reasonably expect that person to hold? Yes. So mental health counselors are individuals who have specialized training with regard to how the brain works and also special training with regard to how to help people recover from issues, whether it's anxiety, depression, um, PTSD, schizophrenia. Uh, so they, they have this specialized training in knowing how the brain works and really knowing how to help people overcome some of the barriers that they're experiencing in their life. And they're are different types of mental health counselors. So with regard to psychologists, psychologists are people who have gone to graduate school and they've received that advanced training again in how the brain works and how people tend to um, struggle with anxiety, depression, other mental health issues. And they really know how to help support you through those challenges in your life and help get you unstuck, if you will, through the use of, of talk therapy. And the psychologist that you want to look for is someone who, um, again, has that level of expertise, whether you look at their background and what school they graduated from and what kinds of training experiences they had in their graduate program, as well as um, the type of modality of therapy they use. Some people are more of a person who is behaviorally activated and helps clients kind of engage in different behaviors to get results, whereas some people are more so inclined to look at cognitive um, ways of functioning and help you to improve um, your overall symptoms by addressing the way that you think and, the, and your outlook of the world. And so um, you want to look for someone who it seems like that their, their modality or their approach to treatment seems like it resonates with you. 
Um, and then another type of mental health counselor is a psychiatrist. And psychiatrists are different from psychologists because a psychiatrist has actually gone to medical school. So they didn't go to graduate school and get a PhD, but went to medical school, similar to the physician that you might see. But what they did was they got specialized training in mental health and how the brain works and, and different mental health disorders. And so they primarily support people through the modality of prescribing medications. So the emphasis is less on a talk therapy, even though even though some psychiatrists um, do provide that, that's less emphasized and more so their main modality of helping you is through prescribing you medications that then help to relieve some of your symptoms. And so that's another option. And then there's another type of mental health counselor, which would be a social worker. And social workers can be folks who have gone to graduate school either to the master's level, or they've actually gone and gotten a PhD in social work. And they have very special, specialized training in helping to support you with regard to mental health, mental health issues. But then also, they have specialized training with regard to looking at the context and helping you gain access to certain services, maybe in your community, that may ease the mental health burden of what you're experiencing. So for example, if you're having housing related issues or financial concerns with regard to paying your rent, a social worker, in addition to kind of helping you learn how to manage that anxiety, can link you up with resources in your community that maybe can help to lessen the financial burden that you're experiencing around housing or maybe connecting you with housing resources in your community. So it's addressing that contextual issue that's kind of causing the stress and helping to reduce it on that end. So that is the, the main difference between a psychologist, a psychiatrist, and a social worker. So hopefully that made sense, the distinction there. And there are others as well, but I really appreciate that. There's this, this psychologist, psychiatrist, social worker, and more another one is licensed mental health counselor. Yes. There are a number, but those are kind of some of the basic backgrounds that people will have when they kind of fill that broader role of what a mental health counselor is or what kind of training they, they might have. Let's focus now on a little bit about the logistics. And I know I've only got a couple more minutes with you, so I want to take <laughs> advantage of the time that, that you have. How long might it expect, might, I, might somebody expect mental health counseling with a psychologist or a social worker to to really show some kind of benefit to that, to that person's well-being? I mean, is there a time frame that you could speak to? It really depends on a lot of different factors. So some people can go to therapy for weeks and then find that they have experienced relief, whereas other people need to go for months um, before they notice that they experience some relief. And then other people find that being in therapy long-term for years is exactly what they need to be able to meet them where they're at and really address their issues and get to the core of, of the main issues that are keeping them stuck. So it depends depends on the type of presenting concern that you're wanting to go through your own personal history. Like if you have a lot to unpack with regard to your childhood and your development and how that's kind of impacting you in the present day, that might take a little bit longer. Um, and then also different treatment approaches require different lengths of therapy or durations of therapy. So it just really depends on the way that your therapist works with you. Again, their approach to doing treatment 
statement as well as um, what you bring to the table. And what I really look for is, is checking in with my clients about how are you feeling now that we've been in treatment, you know, for a month now, and now that we've been for six months or even after a year, like, what are you noticing? Are you seeing differences and changes? And I would encourage listeners who are thinking about therapy to keep that in mind, to check in with yourself and also have this conversation very directly with your therapist about um, what you're noticing over time as you continue to be in therapy, because we definitely expect for there to be movement as far as your symptoms and you having relief from symptoms and you feeling like you've made progress as far as healing from past experiences that you've had after being in therapy for some time. So you shouldn't kind of get to a place where you're starting to feel stagnant over several months or several years of being in therapy. And it can be a little bit challenging because again, therapy takes time. So it's not, again, a magic cure. You're not after one session, maybe going to feel tremendously better. Um, It really takes um, time for you to get acclimated to talking with your therapist, working with your therapist and really delving deep into the issues. And then you again, putting in that work of maybe applying what you're learning in therapy outside of the therapy room for you to start to see those results. So um, I really say, again, it's an investment, but it's a worth investment in your in your health and that's where that kind of flexibility and willingness to be open to the process and how it might look different than you imagined um, is is very helpful in this process a great topic also to like you mentioned to be talking with to a mental health counselor kind of as you get connected Mm -hmm. with somebody you feel comfortable with in that process i know I, i know robin the national register has their website, findapsychologist.org, which is one resource that can be used to, to look up online, you know, who are uh, psychologists, health service psychologists in my area. And I think that's a good place to start if you are interested in working with a psychologist or learning more. But what are other resources really quickly that a person could use if they'd like to look up more information? Yes. So I would suggest the American Psychological Association, they have a psychologist finder, a directory on their website that can be really useful. Uh, These are psychologists that have been vetted by the American Psychological Association. So you can look there on their website. Again, that's American Psychological Association. If you just Google that, the website will come up and you'll want to look for their therapist directory. Um, There's also Psychology Today, which is another website that is devoted. Um, They have a blog on there, but the other main portion of it is devoted to um, providing profiles of different therapists that are in your area. And the profiles give information with regard to where the person practices, what their specialties are, what their areas of expertise, um, as well as the types of modalities or the ways that they approach treatment. So that can be a rich resource when you're trying to kind of see who might I have a good um, fit with or who might I kind of get that relationship together where I feel that they trust me, that I can trust them, and that um, we can work really well together. Um, And then the last resource I'll share is around um, the 
psychological, every state has um, a, a psychological society, a state psychological society, like here in Illinois, where I'm at, it's the Illinois Psychological Association. And so if you just look up your state and put your state and then psychological association after and Google that, you'll typically find their website and they typically have a therapist directory for the psychologists that practice in that state. Um, and then lastly, Definitely for crisis situations, it's important for you to have handy the National Suicide Prevention Crisis Line, which is 1-800-273-8255. And these are people that have been trained, who are standing by, and are able to support you if you ever find yourself in a position where you are in a crisis and you're thinking about um, harming yourself. These are people who are trained and able to support you so that you can be safe in those situations. Dr. Robin Gobin, I greatly appreciate you joining me, Daniel Elkert, for this episode of the Psychology Hour, brought to you by the National Register of Health Service Psychologists. And as a reminder to our listeners that this and all episodes of the Psychology Hour are intended for general information and discussion purposes only, and do not serve as a kind of formal clinical advice. If you want formal clinical advice about the effectiveness of mental health counseling, please consult with a mental health professional, some of which we discussed on the episode today.